0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to season two, episode six of Course Your Life Crazy. Woo! Today's episode, we have got the amazing Sophie Dia coming on. We are talking
1: about boundaries. Sophie, introduce yourself like a Tinder profile. Hi, my name's Sophie. I'm from the UK. I live in Bali, and I love to wear dungarees. Oh, you look great in dungarees. Do you know what? I love that when you said... um introduce yourself like a tinder profile i was like i've never done tinder <laughs> have you never done dating websites no I, I, I,
0: wait dating websites apps
1: well i because i met my um my husband when i was like 23 and i think at that time it was just before um uh, all the dating th- apps came oh, out. Yeah. so yeah i i kind of missed that god i'm um, glad you're not missing anything yeah i i've i've I feel like there's been a lot of pain around these (laughs) apps.
0: I went on one for about six hours and then I was like, oh, get me off, get me off, I hate it. (laughs) Swipe left, swipe right. Um, So, Sophie, I wanted to get you on the podcast today um, because you, tell me a little bit about your business.
1: So I am a yoga teacher. I uh, trained in Sydney. Um, I was working in TV uh, as an assistant director for about eight years. And I kind of had a bit of a, a meltdown when um, insomnia and anxiety basically got the be- better of me and I got signed off work, turned to yoga, kind of quite a, a typical story of like struggling with mental health and then um, using yoga as a way to to build self-worth and confidence and basically, yeah, build my life back up. So yoga has been a huge, huge part of that. And I feel very lucky that I can now kind of um, do something that I'm really passionate about and I'm passionate about helping other people, um, create change in their lives. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a, a short background to why I became a yoga teacher. And then with the boundary stuff, basically I, uh, through teaching yoga, I've done more and more work on self-growth. I've done quite a lot of therapy and this past year for me has all been about, uh, creating boundaries and setting boundaries. I moved to Bali quite suddenly because, um, I went through a separation with my husband and, um, looking back at the, the relationship, I really realized how much I was lacking in boundaries, how codependent I was, how I didn't respect my husband's boundaries. So yeah, it's been this, um, year of really discovering what boundaries are and, um, yeah, kind of bringing that into my business. And, um, I feel super lucky because I get to Do all this stuff for me, like all this wonderful self growth for me. And then I get to share it with other people as part of my work.
0: Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Because you do all different types of workshops. So not only are you doing your live classes, you've got your workshops. Um, and it's a community of people, isn't it? Looking for self growth, self development. Um, you just did a workshop yesterday about goal setting for the year.
1: Yeah, it's, um, I think if you're, if you turn to yoga, um, Mostly people start yoga for the physical benefits, but what they then naturally um, find is that there's this incredible magic and power of yoga uh, that seeps into every area of your life. So it's a very holistic practice. And I think for me, I really wanted to make that accessible. So the way I teach um, kind of spirituality, I don't teach in a way that's like talking about um, talking in Sanskrit or Um, I, I just want to make it really, really accessible and easy for people. And relatable. I think that's why the classes are so good. Exactly. Exactly. And just kind of down to earth, like this is helping me, um, try this out rather than like spouting a load of chanting and alms and stuff. (laughs) Doesn't really resonate for me. I just try and break it down to make it really easy and accessible for people. It's just about getting better at life. That's what yoga really is and what all these self growth workshops are about. It's about getting better at life, having more self worth. And then once you've got more self worth, like it's just a springboard for, for everything to enter your life in, in a much more, um, positive, happy way.
0: It's like really turning to yourself, isn't it? It's like instead of trying to look externally for all these things to make the growth happen, it's looking internally to find the answers. Totally.
1: It's like, um, Realizing that you can't get self-worth from other people, like no one's going to save you. I think we look at relationships, especially romantic relationships, and we're like, we're like the Disney princess. Being used to be saved by their prince. And that's kind of how society has set it up for us to believe. And when you start to realize that no one is going to save you, the only person that can save you is yourself. Then you have the, you start to get this toolbox to create self-worth from within rather than. As you say, looking outside of yourself. Yeah. And that's so much of what I'm I'm trying to be about and offer. And it's just honestly had the most powerful effect on my life. Like we've spoken a bit about this. We've both been in similar situations where our self-worth has been rock bottom. Like I really disliked myself. When I got signed off work, I felt the biggest failure. And I was just broken. I had I had nothing good to say about myself. And now I've got to this place where people would probably say on, on the outside, they'd probably be like, oh, she's a bit arrogant. Cause I'm there being like, yeah, I'm smashing life. <laughs> I'm doing so well. I'm rocking this. I'm a badass at boundaries. I'm crushing codependency. Code I'm like fist pumping the air, you know, but actually. You little dancing? Yeah, I love it. It, <laughs> it, it, it has built so much self-worth um, that has just, yeah, totally transformed my life. And I think there's that. That's that fine balance of like um, self confidence and and still being humble, which I, s- I
0: hope I still am. <laughs> uh, you're definitely humble. <laughs> I think it's good though when you know who you are, when you get a sense of yourself. Like again, this is another thing that you're saying, like from society telling us that about the Disney dream. We're also taught to like, oh, if you if you're proud of yourself, if you stand out, if you feel good, that's not good. You uh, how do I say it? It's kind of like we're taught not to celebrate ourselves or feel good about ourselves society wants us to be
1: comparing society wants us to be at home being the martyr that kind of thing totally it's like um i i say it's like we're taught to play small yes so like and it's so interesting the language around things so like if someone gives you a compliment how we're taught is to be like oh no 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 like um that's really kind of you to say but actually i've just been really lucky or, you know, you make excuses for yeah. yourself rather than owning that. And that's been something I've definitely learned through therapy. So if someone gives me a compliment, I say thank you. Like people say to me, Oh, you've you've been dealing really well with your separation and your divorce. And I could say, I'm really lucky, I've got so much support around me, um, et cetera, et cetera. I'm I can afford therapy, I can afford mentors, you know, financially I'm stable. It's a I'm lucky because it's an amicable divorce. I could say, I could make all those excuses, which, which are true in some ways, but actually just standing in the power of saying, yeah, I am doing really well and I've been really brave and I'm absolutely doing my best. And I really, really feel, um, like that should be celebrated. And yeah, accepting your success. I think we, we get taught to, to brush it off. And, um, so there's so much power in, in language and yeah, accepting compliments is a big one. People struggle with it hugely. Well, I, I love you.
0: (laughs) I love you too. I think you're great. Do people know our little work relationship? Um, No, they don't. So I work
1: for you, don't I, Sophie? Yeah, just a little bit.
0: Just a little
1: bit. (laughs) (laughs) communications manager. She's my communications manager. She's got her own signature now. We've got this Little logo that we've given Amy <laughs> at the end of the email.
0: We work so well together because I think we just have a laugh. And I think there's a very good relationship between the way that you give me a lot of freedom and you hate over managing. So it's just worked so well. We just so have a great good. time. I think we see things the same way as well. In yeah, terms we definitely of like do. like getting shit done. Okay, so we're going to break this down for the listeners. Sophie, what is an actual boundary?
1: So boundaries, um, I like to think of them as like the rules and standards that we set in order to live in happy, thriving and healthy relationships. That kind of sums it up for me. Um, and boundaries, interestingly, lots of people are like, Oh, boundaries are just about saying no. And whilst they are about saying no and not saying yes to everything, like, um, uh, I heard someone say for like every, Every yes, you should be saying no like a hundred times. But, um, there's so much more than, than saying no. They're about cultivating self-worth and respect and confidence and finding a sense of peace and understanding how to, um, work through conflict in a, in a respectful way. We shy away from conflict a lot. And once you can set boundaries, um, in a healthy way, you are able to navigate your way through conflicts um in a way that's not so terrifying um so yeah ba- ba- boundaries are everything yeah they really are <laughs> they really really are because also relationships are everything right so there's this beautiful study um it's I think it's called the Harvard study of adult development maybe we can like link to it um in the notes but it, it it was, it's the longest study of adult development, um, that's ever taken place. And basically they, they found out that the key to health and happiness is not, um, like your, your cholesterol and your blood pressure at age 80. Like that's not going to tell you how long you're going to live or how healthy and how happy you are. Actually, it's about the quality of your relationships at age 50. So the key okay. to health and happiness is relationships. And the key to good relationships are good boundaries. Yeah. Healthy boundaries. Yeah. In place.
0: Oh, wow. That's so interesting. Um, okay. What are the telltale signs we need to put
1: a boundary in place? Okay. So, you know, that feeling of resentment that you get like at the pit of your stomach. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a, <laughs> that's a very good sign that you need to set a boundary. Um, there's things like knowing that you're people pleasing. Yeah. Knowing that you give, 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 give. Um, knowing that you're someone who wants to fix things as well for other people. Um, you also might be someone who has bad boundaries if you overshare. Um, if you bulldoze your advice onto other people, um, that's a, that's a sign that you've got bad boundaries. It's also things like, you know, when you feel guilt for saying no, yeah, or like you feel, Guilty in case you're going to hurt someone else by putting a boundary in. So you feel like, um, you're being selfish. Yeah. Those are all signs that, that you have bad, bad boundaries. Um, and again, oh, that you're in conflict over the same thing over and over again. Like the, the, because I've done a lot of journaling and work around this and you really do have to put in work if you want to work on your boundaries. For me, what I realized was that the people that I was talking about in terms of having bad boundaries with, I was going over the same types of things conflict-wise. So if you feel stuck in this pattern of the same conflict, it's because you're not setting a proper boundary. Yeah,
0: for sure. Um what are the
1: benefits of setting boundaries? So, um, so many things. Okay, so you I think the 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 the, for me, the best thing has been about cultivating self-worth. So in setting a boundary, you're telling yourself that you're worthy of being respected. And remember kind of what we were saying about how self-worth comes from inside. So, so the power comes from setting the boundary yourself and the the self-worth that you feel from setting that boundary, the respect that you feel from setting the boundary. It's the power doesn't come from how the other person reacts. It actually doesn't matter how the other person reacts. It's all about you putting the boundary in place in the first place. Um, you build confidence. You build a sense of calm and peace. Again, this talking about um, being able to have healthy conflicts. Um, you get rid of those feelings of guilt. You also create like an identity around yourself. So I think that if you are constantly trying to people please, not only do people not know who you really are because you're just putting up this front of, of making everyone else feel happy, you don't really know who you are. So it's like this opportunity to really get to know who you are, what you stand for, what matters to you. And um, one thing that always comes out of boundaries is about setting your core values, like working out what your core values are. And if you haven't done work on this, this is like fascinating because once you work out what your core values are, you can then, then make decisions and set boundaries that are in adherence to your core values which means that you don't, um, you don't compare so much to other people. That's a huge benefit of setting boundaries. How often do we, do we think, oh, I can't do this because my best friend like doesn't do that. Or my best friend is okay when people treat her like that. So I should be more chill and I should, I should be okay with being treated like that. It's not about that. It's like working out what your, your values are, what your truth is, what your, like standing in the power of your own truth and authenticity and not self abandoning, no matter what other people are, are around you are doing. And, um, and I think that's all of that stuff is basically just cultivating this wonderful sense of self-worth and, and yeah, that kind of cheesy saying of like standing in the power of your own truth. It just, and it filters into every single part of your life. Yeah. So the benefits are huge.
0: What's the, um in terms of like boundaries and um, because there's boundaries as in this doesn't feel right, but in terms of there's a lot of, I think for me personally, there's a lot of like FOMO. So it's kind of like, oh, I, I feel like I should be going to the event or that I should be saying yes to these things when I actually really don't want to go. But it's kind of like, am I going to miss all the fun or, so what's that? How do you put a boundary
1: in place with that one? So I think with that, there's quite a few things are uh, kind of quite a few threads that come out of that. Firstly, I would say is one thing, I used to get FOMO all the time. I don't really get it anymore. And that's because I've been on this journey of like really knowing who I am and what's important to me. So if you are someone who is doubting yourself, you lack self-worth, you lack confidence, you find it hard to make decisions, that is all going to come out in things like FOMO. Yeah. But once you start to put in these boundaries, once you start to do the work on your your self-worth and self-confidence, you care so much less about what other people think and whether you should be doing something. Like I always try and say that if you if the word should is in there, then you don't like, want to do it. Yeah. It, yeah. Sh- yeah. it should it, it should. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Just shot myself <laughs> in <the butt. laughs> It wants to be something that you really want to do that that Is this important to you? So if it's important to you, you'll do it. If you feel like you should be doing it, it's because there's pressure from outside and it's possibly not what feels really, really true to you. So I think that FOMO is a really interesting, interesting one. The other thing, um, one of my mentors says says to me, if it's a yes, it's a yes. If it's a no, it's a no. If it's a maybe, it's a no.
0: Yes.
1: So I think like if you're you're sitting on the fence. Then it's a no. Yeah,
0: you don't really want to do it. It's like when you're in a relationship and you're kind of like, oh, do I want to be in it or do I not? You already know the answer. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Totally. And what other challenges you say face certain
1: boundaries? So I think um a huge one for me has been guilt. Mm-hmm. So something that goes hand in hand with boundaries is codependency. And codependency often is about um, feeling other people's feelings. So you, you're so worried that you're going to hurt someone that you decide to, um, self abandon. You decide not to speak up and you decide to people please. So the guilt that can come from that can be very, very difficult. Um, I think also a huge challenge is the fact that people are going to react badly to your boundaries. When you first start setting them, you've never done it before, let's say. So my boundaries were terrible. So when I first started setting them, I was shocking people and people kind of didn't really know um, where where they stood with me anymore because it was like this new version of me. So people will walk away from you and um, people will need time and space. And if you are someone again, who's codependent because it goes hand in hand, you'll be feeling this fear of like losing them and wanting to fix the situation, but it's about having to sit in feeling really, really uncomfortable. And often when you set your first boundary, it's like um, almost like that that leap of faith of like jumping off a cliff. Like that's how hard it's gonna feel yeah. to set that boundary. But once you start doing them, it obviously like anything, it gets easier and easier, which is why um, a really good bit of advice to people is like, don't do your first boundary with the most important person in your life. Around something that is huge. Start small. So like things like sending food back when it's cold and it should be hot. So so many people don't do that. It's crazy, right? We're like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to send it back because I don't want to cause a fuss and I don't want to be difficult. I don't want to upset the waiter. But there's so many ways in which you can use language and you can say, say things in a really gracious and kind and compassionate way. And, and get what you want and actually what you're paying for. So things like that, setting a boundary with a waiter or um maybe someone who's more on your outside group of friends, like not not someone who's super close. So you you start small and then you grow bigger and that's gonna definitely make it ha- um easier. But I think that the, the fact that some people are going to walk away from you, that's a, that's a huge challenge. It's scary.
0: It is. It's terrifying, isn't it? I think when I, I've been setting boundaries for a, a while now, but I think one of the most interesting ones for me was not making excuses for counseling in the sense of if I didn't want to go, I just said, Hey, I'm not feeling it. Instead of being like, Oh, I've got the, da, 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 or I'm feeling a bit ill or whatever. It was like, okay, I have to set a boundary in my, with, kind of with myself first to be like, just say, because validate my own feelings if I don't feel like going I just don't have to go I don't have to make up
1: some who ha around it totally you've like literally hit the nail on the head because one of the like guidelines to setting boundaries is do not over explain and do not be over emotional yes. so it's just like saying I'm not feeling it and if that person is um you know really wants to be in your life or worthy of your love or adheres to the same values as you they'll be like cool totally fine I get it they won't you know be delving for more information and making you feel guilty yeah um so yeah being really direct is a is is really important and we say like be direct yet gracious like you don't need to like be really rude you can just say it in a really uh, nice way but nice yeah.
0: simple but for yeah. that, getting to the point and um, how do you respond to someone pushing back on a boundary like say it's someone that's Someone that's maybe not as important in your life, it's a lot easier to go like, oh, okay, if you're out, you're out. But if it's someone like super important, like a family member, your sister, um, your cousin, how do you respond to it?
1: So I think keeping in mind that often when you set a boundary, and I didn't say this as one of the benefits, but it's actually a really, really beautiful benefit. You invite the other person to step up and you often invite for them to create changes that they never thought that they would be able to make. So one of the first boundaries I set once I had started this work was with someone um, who was asking me to do, to like look over their website and do all this work for them. And I'd already given a lot of my time and kind of energy and um, care towards them. I, I really I did really want to help them. But the way it was being phrased was like, I need an hour of your time to go through my stuff. And I kept on saying, Kept on basically making excuses and not putting the boundary in, mm. and then I finally turned around and said, "I don't want to do that. I'm. It's. It's not something that um, I feel uh, I should be helping you with. Um, I think you need to get advice from from someone else. Um, and also by saying yes to you, I'm actually saying no to myself because I don't have the time at the moment." Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's such say a good yes one. I'm saying no to yourself. Yeah. yeah. If I say yes to you. I'm saying no. It sounds really dramatic. <laughs> oh <my> God, <laughs> but it's so true, right? And um this person was so shocked because I'd never been like that before. I just said yes to everything. Um, they could hardly speak to me. They walked away, and I didn't speak to them for about two weeks. And then they messaged me saying. I really appreciate everything that you said um, and all your help you've given me. Um, What I realized is I needed to go back to therapy and I feel like I'm entering this whole new chapter of my life, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, wow, me putting in that one boundary has invited them to do therapy again and has like allowed them to step up and make changes in their lives. So I think um, remembering that is really, really important. Um. Yeah, it's not taking on anyone else's don't want to say shit. shit. But yeah, yeah. so
0: like not taking it on—that boundary is literally like a wall to be like, no, that's your stuff. This is my stuff. I can be supportive in the right environment, but I'm not here to take on your stuff.
1: Yeah, it's like saying I, I, I I'm responsible for my feelings, and you're responsible for your feelings. And I think um that's huge when it comes to setting boundaries with family members, et cetera, et cetera. But also remembering that sometimes things just need a little bit of time and space because often people who do walk away and do react badly, they often come back to you. Not always, but it's like kind of the pattern that it invites them to take time to reflect on what they've done and take responsibility for what they've done. And then they come back and and are often really very grateful. So I think remembering that that um, that it can be a really positive thing even when you're sitting in a really uncomfortable place yeah. and that things things do just take time and space.
0: And it's letting go, I suppose that's what it is, but like, like letting go the need to constantly be like, I want to be okay with everyone. It's like you just got to let that feeling go.
1: Completely. And also that feeling of I want everyone to like me. Yes. We find it so hard to be disliked and it's something I've had to step into in my role as a yoga teacher because I teach yoga in a way that some people don't like and some people, um, want me to om and it's not something I bring into my classes or, um, you know, I just think getting, getting really comfortable and this again goes down to like your core values and, and for me with this, with teaching, it's like, this is how I want to teach. This is what resonates with me. This is what makes me feel empowered. This was what makes me feel like I'm really having, um, a great effect on my students, and if someone wants something else, they can go to someone else, and that's okay. Like I remember, so I did this um class when lockdown happened, um, and everyone was going crazy for the i Instagram live classes. I did one for um deliciously Ella, yeah, because I've um I've taught her back in London, and um yeah, we've we've kind of worked together for a while, and um. I was still nervous to do the class. There was a lot of people on the the live. I can't remember, but thousands of people type thing. And it gets recorded. You know how you can see it for 24 hours afterwards. And I like tapped through it just to have a little look at the comments. And one of the comments is like, this yoga teacher doesn't have a yoga teacher voice. She sounds like a, um, a person, like a personal trainer, like motivating everyone Basically just being really horrible about my voice. I didn't probably and um yeah, exactly that. (laughs) So I feel like um with that, four years ago or um maybe not even that long ago, I would have I would have been so upset. I would have taken it on. This stranger saying this stuff about me, I would have felt shame and sadness and so on. But because I'm much more confident in how I teach and why I teach and and what's important to me, I, it just made me smile. Yeah, like I actually quite—it's quite a funny story now, you know. So I feel like, um, yeah, that that ability to not care so much about what other people think of you.
0: I you've got great voice. Your voice is really soothing whenever I'm feeling anxious. I listen to your voice on podcasts. I'm like, Ooh. oh you're so lovely. <laughs> um, okay, so how do you start a conversation about having a boundary? What are the type of how can you do it in a good way?
1: So I think um for for anyone who you have a pattern with bad boundaries, let's say it's really good to say to them that you are doing work on boundaries. Yes, to actually open up that conversation, not in a moment of conflict, but just in a moment of um, when you when when you're connecting and just saying, "This is something I'm working on. This is something I'm trying to put into place." Because often people are like, "What's the boundary? What are the benefits? What does that mean?" And so having that conversation around it, I think, is really important. Like putting it out there to people that I am that you are working on this. Like people now know, like as you know in Bali. Every, everyone, all my close friends know that I'm like all about boundaries and I'm working on boundaries. It's become like this, you know, it, it's a point of conversation that I love, but it has become like a, it's a, yeah, it's just a nice thing for everyone to know that it's something that I'm working on. And then, um, let's say, um, uh, so, so the conversation is going to come up when, you're in a moment where you feel, let's say disrespected. Yeah. So the language we use is really, really important. So it's saying something like, when you said this, I felt this. So when you said um, this, I felt disrespected and hurt. What would really mean a lot to me next time this comes up is for this to happen. So it's really explaining your need and your feeling around it. So language gets really important as well, because it's, you know, what we were saying about, um, owning your, um, feelings. It's not like I, I would be like, Amy, you made me feel like this. Yeah. You're saying, Amy, when I don't know, like I'm trying to think of something with our work. Yeah. Um, when you said, uh, you didn't want to write that art, oh. I, felt disrespected rather than you made me feel disrespected. It's very different. Yeah. Owning your feelings. And so that's how I would, how I would probably approach, um, the start of the conversation. The next time it happens, I would then think about setting a consequence for the boundary. So, um, if you continue to raise your voice at me, I will leave the conversation so mark groves um who's someone i've done a lot of um stuff with in terms of boundaries he's like a bit of a guru for me with boundaries he says that if you don't set a consequence you are just making a suggestion you're not actually setting a boundary oh, yeah. so i think the the whole consequence thing and um, some people say you need to set a consequence straight away for me the kind of person i am it works for me to explain my feelings and explain what I would need in the situation next time. So kind of what we just spoke about. Then the, if the, your boundary is violated a second time, that is when I would think about setting a consequence. And it can also differ from person to person. You know, these things don't have to be um super rigid. The, super the, black and white. Yeah, well, because also like, let's say I set a boundary, like we've actually had conversations around Um, like you said to me, if I contact you after this time, is that difficult for you? And I was like, no, that's fine. And then I've asked you and it's absolutely okay if you were to say, yeah, actually, I don't want to be, um, contacted this time or so negotiating boundaries is really important. Like being able to understand where someone else is coming from rather than just being like, this is my boundary. It's set in stone and I'm not moving from it. You want to be able to have the conversation and the discussions because then the whole thing with boundaries is like, it's not only that you feel respected, but you're respecting someone else. Yeah. Because I'm, I have been terrible at boundaries. I'm much, much better. And there's two ways that I was terrible. One, I said yes to everything, but two, I was doing things like bulldozing my feelings onto other people or, um, I would, because I was someone who, um, wanted to help people and please people and say yes to everything. I then also would offer advice where it's not wanted, um, give feedback where it's not wanted. So as well as your boundaries being violated, you can easily be, easily be someone who violates other people's boundaries. So it's really important that you, when you work on boundaries, you're working on them in both ways. That's, Does that actually, make sense? Yeah, that's really important as well. And you can use like this is where also language is so important. So saying things like if someone shares something with you, I always say now, would you like my advice? I don't just go, you should do this, you should do that, blah, blah, blah. I say, would you like my advice? And then again, instead of being like, you should do this, I say in my experience, because I can only relate it to me. I can't relate it to you or tell you what you should do because I'm not you. Mm. But using language really, really carefully is another huge um hugely positive thing about setting boundaries because you really start to get clear on what you want to say and how you want to say it yeah that's
0: great I didn't even think about it doing the other way because you think setting a boundary place is just people coming into your space but you've got it Yeah, exactly. you don't want to step into other people's space as well um what comes up if
1: someone else sets a boundary with you so I suppose, um, for me, I find it a lot easier now. If someone sets a boundary with me, I don't take it on as like, Oh, um, they don't like me or, um, I've done something terribly wrong. You know, I'm, I'm not, I don't feel it as heavily as I used to feel it. Yeah. Um, but I definitely would have got triggered before I would have doubted myself, felt bad or maybe, um, felt frustrated at them, annoyed at them. But if someone sets a boundary for me, I, I, I actually, um, I feel a lot of respect towards them. And interestingly, they say like in the workplace that people who set boundaries are like the most respected people, the people who are most likely to be promoted, the least likely to burn out because they um, get to that point. Cause they, <laughs> yeah, because you're, you're willing to say no. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. And what was your biggest boundary you put in place for 2020? Oh, for 2020, I think that first one that I told you about was huge for me because it was the first time I really realised like the positive effects of a boundary. Um, so that was a a quite a a big moment for me. Um, another one was um, so for me. Uh, someone I have to work on boundaries a lot is, um, with my mum. And my mum always says things from a place of love. She really does. But um, am but for, for me, the tricky thing is I don't often want to hear. Um, I don't, I don't want the input. Yes. So it's that thing of like, I don't, I'm not asking for the feedback. So something that kept on coming up now that I'm um, going through a divorce and I'm, 34, and I was trying for babies and, um, you know, I'm in a way starting my life again. Um, and my mom kept on saying to me about my, um, the, my body clock and worrying about not having children and um, what was I thinking about freezing my eggs and just a lot of conversations around that. And I was finding that very heavy to hear, every conversation we were having. Um and also it's going against this value that I have at the moment, which is I want to live my life in the present moment. My whole life got turned around in one conversation that probably lasted about 20 seconds with my husband when I realized that we um were not in the place that I thought we were were in in terms of moving forwards with children, a house, etc, cetera, etc cetera. um and. So I really, really believe in living in the present moment because having all these plans that I set were kind of pointless. They were all these plans I was worrying about well, was I gonna get pregnant, et cetera, et cetera. And none of them happened. And it's this for me, it's this knowledge now that I have that anything can change, especially we all know this with COVID and this last year. We can't control things at all. We can't control the future. We really don't know what's gonna happen. So a huge Value to me that I've worked out. And this is where the work comes in. It's like I've worked out that living in the present moment makes me really, really happy. So if I have someone who is continually reminding me that I might not have a family now because of what's happened um, in my marriage, it's it sets me back and it doesn't feel good. It, it as I said, it feels heavy. I think feeling heavy is another sign that your um, your boundaries are being disrespected. So I had to have a conversation with my mom to say, I know this this is something you are feeling deeply, because obviously she, she wants to be a grandma, et cetera, et cetera. And I just had to say to her, this doesn't make me feel good. I don't want to be having these conversations every time we talk, especially because you know what it's like having conversations from Bali to the UK and they're precious moments that we want to be happy and wonderful conversations. We don't want this heaviness. And um, so setting that boundary for me was hugely beneficial. My mom has absolutely respected it. Um, and it's it's actually allowed for me and my mom to have a a, um, a better relationship. So I'm not dreading the phone calls or you know so that that's been a, a huge one for me. And I think for any of you who are in a similar situation to me because that I meet so many people who are going through divorces, who are, um, maybe mid thirties and worrying about having children and having a lot of people weigh in. People really feel that they can weigh in on that conversation. Feel free to tell people that, that that's not okay to weigh in on and have those judgments around your life. Um, yeah, it's really, really important if that's not feeling good for you. And it really didn't feel good for me. So yeah, sorry, that's a bit of a long winded answer. No, but that was great. That answer. was a key one for me. I think it's super valuable as well, because I
0: think when you are setting a boundary in place, uh, it feels terrifying to do it with someone that's as close to you as your mum. But if there are, that's when the boundary is going to be worth more, isn't it? Like you say, you've got now a, a better relationship with it. It's made the relationship better. Um, even though it was with someone you love, it is only a positive.
1: Totally. And I think what we also have to remember so for me it's like remembering that my the stuff my mom's saying to me as much as sometimes it can feel frustrating and hurtful she is saying it from a place of love but she's also saying things from a place of her depth of knowledge Mm -hmm. and her um like her upbringing and maybe what her mom and Friends around her have, have done to her. And a different so, generation. Yeah, a different yeah. generation. There's so much coming into it and, and how she lived her life as well. She's lived a very, very different life to me. And so there's this really, um, kind of cool thing. And my mom is actually being amazing with it. It's like, I, by setting these boundaries, I'm also teaching her that she has the ability to set boundaries with other people because the likelihood is, as I was saying before, because she's weighing in on my life. She lets other people weigh in on her life. So maybe by me setting these boundaries, she will start to set boundaries with other people. That's where it's this beautiful thing of um, it's um, like a domino effect where you you stand up for yourself. Other people will then stand up for themselves. It's like you lead by example. And me and my mom often have these conversations where she feels like she's learning a lot from me. And it's cool. We've got this like had a role reversal you know but she's never been taught it yeah and I'm luckily enough um you know I've gone through a lot of therapy and I've got amazing mentors and this work is super interesting to me and when I do talk to my mum about it she feels like she learns a lot
0: yeah I think everyone in the workshops learn a lot as well for sure totally I what you to say is really valuable and um yeah it definitely has a lot of meaning in it everyone can learn from it
1: it's it's really interesting like We talk about this with my work that I've started off as a yoga teacher and I've ended up doing a lot of this, um, this past year, this self-growth kind of, these self-growth workshops. And they are by far my most popular offering. Mm -hmm. It's what people want. It's what people are like craving and needing is how to put things into place in a really manageable, accessible way to lead a life full of more self-worth and happiness and uh, yeah it's it's I really feel people are craving craving it and because you read all the testimonials and the feedback that we get afterwards really seems to be impacting people's lives in a in a in a really big way
0: yeah no definitely for sure I love them and <laughs> um, Sophie before we end we're gonna do a free fire questions but before we do that I just want to say thank you so much for coming on to the podcast um I think a lot of people need to learn more about boundaries, what the benefits are and how to put in place. So I think this is great. You've got a workshop on boundaries coming out this
1: year. Oh, it's an online course, isn't it? Yeah, we're Tell writing a bit a... more about it. So um I have all the content. We just need to film it. We're writing an online um boundaries course which is basically gonna um teach you all about boundaries, how to put them in place, how it can impact your life and it will be There'll be workbooks, um, videos, um, we'll have a community of people who are, who are also struggling and, um, it will be like a, hopefully like a four week course, um, really accessible to fit into, to your day. Just be short snippets and, um, teach you how to journal around it and hopefully change your life.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, tell me what your website is
0: on Instagram.
1: My website is www.sophiedeer.com and is dear is D E A R. And then, um, I'm at Sophie Deer Yoga for Instagram. Yay. <laughs> um, okay.
0: Random fire questions. Question number one thing you're most proudest of yourself for. Oh,
1: that is, that is a hard quick fire. I know. <laughs> Stepping away from the TV industry. Okay, yeah. Because it was, that was your first boundary? It was so unhealthy. I was working 90 hour weeks and, but it, but it was my whole identity and it was something that was stepping away from that made me feel like a failure. So it could have been, the easy route would have been going back into it financially, mentally, everything. But actually, I took the harder route, which has ended up giving me this life I need now.
0: Yay! Um, and <clears throat> on your deathbed, what would the last meal you ate?
1: The last meal I'd eat would be pizza full of gluten. <laughs> yes. Because I'm gluten-free. <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> and if what I'm dying, where? who cares? What would it be? What pizza? Uh, loads of Cheese. Maybe like prosciutto, rocket, parmesan, mozzarella, cheddar, all of it. Melted cheese is like my favourite. Oh my god! Not dense. cheese; it's got to be melted. Yeah, on toast. Cheese on toast. toast with yeah. with marmite underneath. Boom!
0: Ugh. Loads of butter. What oh, Marmite. you? <laughs> 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 um, okay, number third question. Oh, I haven't thought of a Let me think.
1: When was the last time you said no to someone? Really recently on Instagram, someone who I know. um, uh, I used to teach her in London, but also she's like a kind of a friend of a friend. She messaged me to say, um, please could I jump on a phone call with her just to give her some advice? And I said, um, no, but I've got a mentorship program coming out soon. And she wrote back going, I love that you just set a boundary oh that's great it was received so well it's so interesting the, the, often you get so worried about what, what someone's going to say and it was received so well yeah, yeah
0: oh good okay thank you so much Sophie um
1: is there anything you want to add no just I love you so much James. Yeah.
0: I love you And I'm
1: so glad we've finally done this I know finally
0: we've been wanting to do this for months um, and we're laying in bed next week to each other what more could be better oh nice. Yes. Just the dream. (laughs) Thanks, Sophie.